What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for being here with me for this Tuesday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. My name is Joe Orico, and I am your host. You guys can hit me up over on Twitter at JoeOrico99. That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. All of my fantasy baseball content goes out over there from my threads, which are usually every night, my articles, which are on the weekend, and of course, these podcasts, which go Monday through Friday. So go ahead, check out everything there over on the Bird app. We're going to be doing a pretty standard show today. We'll look back at some of yesterday's top performers. We'll look at a couple of matchups I'm keeping my eye on tonight. We'll go through the waiver wire, pretty much everything that we usually do here. And we'll start with the highest scoring player in points leagues yesterday. It was Jose Suarez for the Angels. Pretty surprisingly, but it was a short slate, so we'll we'll give him his due there. He had a great night. He went seven innings, eight strikeouts, two walks, two hits, no earned runs. It was his third straight shutout appearance. Now, a lot of people have gone and added him today. I think they're jumping the gun a little bit here. So, yes, it's been three straight outings where he has not allowed an earned run. He's got a victory in all of those games as well. But when you look at the opponents, we're talking Oakland twice and Kansas City. If you're not going to do well in those starts, then you don't really belong in the major leagues right now. Kansas City's offense is brutal. Um, Oakland's is even worse. So you should do well against those teams. And, yes, there are players or there are pitchers who might go out there and do poorly against those teams, maybe one out of three. So it is there is some level of impressiveness to doing it three times in a row but when you just look at what he's done for the season he has very mediocre strikeout and walk numbers uh, pretty much right on average 22 percent strikeout rate a little bit above average uh, 10 percent walk rate his FIP is at 4.47 and overall the Angels are just are just shit like you can't really rely on them for victories very often here. Uh, he's done an okay job as a, for the whole season. I mean, a 4.04 ERA is not bad, but a 1.38 whip is just not really going to cut it for me. I just don't see the need to be adding Suarez. There are a lot better options in standard leagues. If you're in a very deep league and you want to take a chance on him, even in a 15-team league, I'd be okay with that. I just People were adding him in 12s today, and I... I don't agree with that. I just think there's a lot better value out there. It's a little bit deceptive doing this against poor teams. Next time out against the Mariners, a little bit of a better team. I wouldn't expect him to do so well, and I don't think he'll be much of a streaming option that day. I'm just, I'm not there. I, w- I would save your ads personally instead of using it on Jose Suarez. Let's talk about Zach Gallen. He went seven innings, struck out eight, gave up two walks and three hits. It's been a very good season for him as a whole, despite some ups and downs. ERA, 1.02 whip. Not too much to say here about Gallon. He did what he had to do here against a pretty poor Pittsburgh team. So kudos to him. Uh, He's been very solid as a whole. Chris Bassett had a very good game last night as well. Eight innings, eight strikeouts, one walk. Eight hits is a little much, but he didn't allow any runs. He did a great job, and he has done really as well as he did last year pretty much for Oakland. He's got a 339 ERA, 129 strikeouts, and 130 innings. Again, not really too much to say here. These guys are already on rosters, but they were fantastic yesterday, so they are worth mentioning. Josh Donaldson went four for five. He had a single, two doubles, a home run. He scored three times, and he also drove in three. Josh Donaldson is someone who I think is pretty interesting. And Now, there's a lot of players on that Yankee team who maybe wouldn't be ads on uh, on other teams and maybe – you know, Matt Carpenter is a great example of that. He's just had some kind of lucky resurgence here. And Josh Donaldson is in a different category than Matt Carpenter, but I think they have some fantasy value just because of the teams they play on. I don't think that Donaldson 
is a must-roster player, but I think in a lot of formats, he's going to be pretty useful, batting typically in the middle of that Yankee lineup there, usually three, four, five, six, somewhere in that range. Uh, last night, he was fourth. Uh, last couple nights, fourth, and then before that, third and fifth. When you're in the middle of that lineup and you have guys like Judge, I know Stanton's injured right now, but you have such a stacked group around you, it's pretty easy to have value even if you're like Josh Donaldson, maybe not what you once were. So he's not going to be a great play, but if you have multiple third base spots or multiple corner infield slots, I I really like Donaldson here as anything really deeper than 12, I can understand it. If you're just in a 12-team league, it might be a little bit hard to roster him, especially just one third base slot. Maybe not there, but most cases, I'm going to be all right here with uh, with rostering Josh Donaldson, assuming it's slightly deeper than usual or it's a 12-team with multiple uh, infield slots available to you. Let's talk about Cole Irvin, because I think Cole Irvin is one of the more fascinating pitchers right now in all of baseball. He went eight innings last night, struck out six, gave up one earned run and five hits. That just goes to show you kind of how bad Oakland is when you have an outing like the one that Irvin had yesterday and you're still not getting the victory. In fact, you're taking the loss. I mean, it's tough. He was going up against Jose Suarez. Both of them had really good games here. Uh, It's just unfortunate for Irvin, especially because it's seven straight outings for Cole Irvin where he has allowed two earned runs or less. That is amazing. I mean, especially when you look at his opponents during that period, We've got a couple starts against Houston. We have uh, actually three starts against Houston, two against the Angels, one against Texas, and one against the Blue Jays. It's not like he's faced these shitty opponents. A couple against the Angels here, okay, the Angels are not the greatest team. Three times against Houston and once against the Blue Jays. That's really impressive. For the season, 292 ERA, 1.03 whip. He's been everything you could have possibly hoped for, especially recently. I don't think he's going to blow you away, and most people aren't going to really be too interested because of the lack of strikeouts. But what he's done with the ratios recently has been really excellent. The strikeouts haven't been great, but they're not terrible. They're usually in that four to six kind of range. There was one game uh, earlier against Houston in this streak where he only had two. But he's pretty much always in that four to six range, which is obviously not ideal. But when he's given you the ratios that he is, Cole Irvin, for me, is someone who should be on a lot of rosters right now. He's currently, oh, I had it up there in the pages. Sometimes Yahoo, uh, the way it refreshes, really annoys me. There's 61%. He's up to 61% rostered. He's still available in a lot of formats, and I would absolutely be going and adding him if you still can. 12-team and deeper, he's, he's a must-roster guy for me. Alex Wood, we'll talk about him for a second here. He had a good start after getting roughed up by the Dodgers in his previous outing. Six and a third, three hits, zero earned runs, and five strikeouts. We've talked about Alex Wood and Alex Cobb quite a bit this season because they've been the victim of some really bad luck with Babip, uh, allowing too many runners to score, uh, not stranding enough base runners, that kind of thing. That's been really the end of these guys' value for a lot of the season. Over the last month, Alex Wood is a 2.65 ERA. He's got 35 strikeouts and 34 innings, a sub-1 whip. Yes, for the season, it's still a 4.17 ERA, but that's really inflated by those early season uh, tough outings that he had. I don't think that Alex Wood should be available in nearly as many leagues as he is. He's only 56% rostered on Yahoo. There's a lot of leagues where he's just sitting out there. He's an absolute must-roster for me in 12-team leagues. Uh, there's there's no debate about it there. I was really big on him coming into the season, and he hasn't quite lived up to what I thought he would do. But again, it hasn't all been his fault. There's just been some bad luck for him. 
Uh, absolutely, he needs to be added. Uh, over the last month, he's the 32nd ranked player in all of fantasy. So just something to chew on there. Uh, he's not going to be available in many competitive leagues, I would imagine, but there are still going to be leagues where you should be checking the waiver wire just to double check, make sure he's not out there. Aaron Judge hit another home run yesterday. It's getting completely ridiculous with six or so. What is it? Actually, it's more than six, like seven or eight weeks left in the season. Just want to rhyme off his numbers here. 93 runs, 44 homers, 98 RBIs, 11 steals, and a 303 batting average. That would be more than enough for a lot of people to be very happy with a full season. And it honestly, in a lot of years, just looking at those numbers, like those could be MVP numbers. It really could be. 93 runs, that's a full season total for a lot of players. 98 RBIs is more than most players will get. 44 home runs, same thing. The fact that he's batting over 300 and now he's stealing bases more often than he was is 11 11 uh, for 11, Jesus, stealing bases this season has not been caught yet. He's, it's, I don't know. I, I know we've talked about the MVP race quite a bit here. It's just, it's really going to be interesting because I, I think Shohei will get a lot of votes, even though Judge is favored if you're looking at betting stuff right now. I just, I, I really don't know what's going to happen here. It's, it's kind of like last year, except it's more confusing to me. Well, it's pretty similar to last year, I guess. I mean, last year I had a horse in the race. I really wanted Vlad Guerrero to end up with the MVP. So it was a little different, but it's the same kind of thing. You're seeing a historic offensive season versus Otani doing what Otani usually does, which is far above average batting or far above average uh, plate skills, and then, you know, well far above average uh, pitching pitching talent. So... Hard to really say where they're going to go with this one at the end of the day. Uh, it's anybody's guess, honestly. I think that Judge probably deserves it, but I, I honestly don't know, man. We've talked about this on and off for a month and a half now, and it's really puzzling to me. I don't know which way they're going to go. I don't know that they're going to just follow the way the betting line goes. That's why I threw some money on Otani. I guess it was about a month ago, just like 20 bucks on Otani, but... I don't know. It's really hard to figure this one out. We'll move on. I don't want to spend too much time just rambling about it. It's just this kind of historic level season from Judge on the best team in baseball, arguably, versus, you know, Otani doing what he does on a team that's going to miss the playoffs again. Uh, that might be the deciding factor right there. It should be a lot of fun as we head down the stretch here. Blake Snell had himself another really good outing. That's four straight starts for him where he has not allowed more than one earned run. The walks have been a lot better, only five total over these last four games. If you're looking back, uh, really, over the whole season, most games, uh, actually every single game except for two, he's walked at least two batters. And both of those starts come in this uh, in this span right here of these last four games. So he's definitely improving. The strikeout numbers have been there, eight, nine, seven, and five. Five's not great for him, but you will take what he has given you. There were some leagues that actually dropped Blake Snell not too many of them, but I think he actually fell down into the 70s in his roster percentage. He's back up to 86, so he's not going to be available in many places. But he, I don't know, he's really surprised me. I thought that he was kind of done, but he's really looked great these last uh, this last three or so weeks. So I'll make sure that he isn't available. It's not going to be many places. But there might be a few leagues, even shallower leagues, where you can still uh, go in there and grab him up. Let's talk about Mitch Hanniger here for a second. So he hit a home run last night. It was really good to see. He's 5 for 10 in his three games since coming off the injured list. Now, there were a lot of people that got fed up with Mitch Hanniger. I got a lot of questions about is it even worth holding on to him. 
it was, and now you're really seeing why. He's only 79% rostered on Yahoo. So it's like I, like a couple of guys we've talked about already. There's not going to be many leagues there, but there are some leagues where he's just going to be sitting there, maybe 10-teamers, maybe some 12-teamers. Whatever the case may be, he should not be a free agent. He's 74% on ESPN. So in both formats, there are going to be times where he's just on the waiver wire and he needs to be added. Absolute must-roster player. Uh, for a while, it looked like they weren't going to rush him back. They were doing okay and... Didn't really need to worry about it. Julio Rodriguez is hurt now, so I figure that might have influenced him coming back when he did. I thought they would take a little bit longer, but it seems like he's just okay, ready to go, and he is someone who should not be available anywhere. So make sure Hanniger is on your team or on somebody's team in your league. Let's talk about Chris Morrell. I talked about yesterday how you probably are right to be dropping him, and of course he hit a home run. I still think that he has maybe some deeper value here, but it's been really rough over these last couple of weeks. I, I understand dropping him. One home run shouldn't really make a difference in how you view anybody. I know a lot of the time, you know, you're thinking about dropping somebody and they had a home run that day and you're thinking, oh, I can't hit, I can't drop them now. But it's like, that's pretty random, you know, just like a home run today. It might be two weeks before they hit another home run. I wouldn't use things like that as a reason for not dropping somebody or even, you know, a pitcher. I wanted to drop this pitcher and he did pretty well today. It's like, well, if you were wanting to drop him, the reasons for wanting to drop him are probably similar yesterday as they were today. And one good outing, it shouldn't really influence you deciding one way or the other there. Maybe if you were going like on the fence about a pitcher or a player and then they have a good couple of games in a row, then you decide to hold them. But we, we make a lot of decisions based off of one game and start second-guessing ourselves based off of this kind of thing. I wouldn't worry too much about it. I think he can still have some value, but for the most part, you can be moving on, going and grabbing uh, the newest, hottest thing. Morel was on a really cold stretch there. A lot of people have already dropped. If you still held on, I don't think it's going to hurt to hold on, but there are there are hotter players out there that you can uh, that you can make the switch for. Let's talk about Luke Voigt here for a second. He homered for the second time with the Nationals, and he's looked pretty good with them. He's 7 for 17, three multi-hit games. Uh, he's still available in a lot of leagues. I think he's a borderline 12-team guy, and he's one of those guys who, uh, you know, if you have multiple corner infield slots, he's a lot more valuable. I don't know if he'll be your main first baseman in a standard size league. But when you're talking multiple utility slots, multiple corner infield slots, that's when you're talking Luke Voigt territory. Either that or maybe like a 15. Well, certainly a 15. But I think maybe you can get away with him in shallower formats, depending on the settings. But he should see a little bit of a boost here, I think. Despite going to a worse team, he's going to get more, some more regular at-bats. He's going to be batting higher in the order. I know there were times in San Diego where he'd bat fourth or fifth, but... I think he'll pretty much be the everyday uh, guy batting third here in Washington. It's not a great team around him. But that in and of itself there, uh, the power, we've seen the power with him, not even just this season, but going back now for a few years. He is capable. He's done it more so recently, three homers in the last couple of weeks. I I'm I'm in on Luke Voigt in a lot of formats. I just think, you know, those one first base, one utility slot, 12-teamers, Probably not there, but in, in a lot of other cases, I'll, I'll be fully okay here to make the jump on Luke Voigt. Let's move into the waiver wire now. We'll just talk about some of the more added and dropped players today. James Caprellian is the well, I think it's Caprellian. Caprellian, he's the most added player today. He's pitching against the Angels. A lot of people have been targeting the Angels, and rightfully so. They've been a very easy team to stream against. 
I'm not really sure here about Caprellian. I mean, he's probably one of the better options you're going to see today being added based on matchup, based on everything. So I think that he's fine, but I think we have seen him overperforming here a little bit recently. He's also been someone who has had a pretty decent run uh, schedule-wise here, Angels, White Sox, a couple times against Texas. He did do well against the Blue Jays uh, at the beginning of July. I just... mm, I get I get nervous about these guys, these low strikeout guys. There's a couple of them that you will take a chance on, like his teammate Cole Irvin here. But there's there's not really many of them that you're going to say, okay, I'm comfortable adding you and solely relying on your ability to keep the ratios down because you're going to probably with Caprillion get three, maybe four strikeouts. You might get one, you might get seven, but you're probably going to get somewhere in the middle there. I don't really know that he's going to be worth it. For the most part, I'm going to be passing on a stream today. MJ Melendez, he's been added up in a lot of leagues. He was 44% rostered last week. He's up to 55 now. There's not that many catchers who can do what he does. He's playing most, pretty much every single day. He has eligibility in the outfield. Uh, his average isn't bad for a catcher, 236. I think that he is a 10-team guy. I think that he's absolutely a 10-team and above catcher. We went through it the other day, maybe even yesterday, the catchers who are more valuable than him in fantasy right now, and there's like eight of them. Uh, he's even, you know, you can make the argument for an eight-team league, but I think 10 and above, Melendez is someone that I'd be really interested in here. Marcus Stroman, he's been added up quite a bit today. He's starting against the Nationals, another team that's very easy to target against. And I don't know, at the beginning of the year, it looked like Marcus Stroman was really not adjusting well to being with the Cubs. He just, he didn't look right. He's missed a ton of time, but since he's come back, he's looked pretty okay. So I'm going to be all right here with a stream against Washington. It's a very easy matchup. Uh, Nothing really to worry about, I don't think. Stroman is not what he used to be, I don't think. I know he had a very good season last year. I just, there's something there with him. I watched him a lot when he was in Toronto, and that was, I think, his best years, even though statistically, uh, 2021, it was his lowest ERA in a whole season. I just don't think he is quite what he used to be, and I don't think that he is a must-roster player per se. But in a matchup here against Washington, I'd be more than happy to use an ad. Nick Gordon, he's also been added up quite a bit. We talked about him yesterday. I don't really see the need. I think deeper league, sure. He's on a hot streak right now, which has got everybody all interested. Last two weeks, he's 14 for 33, a couple steals and a homer. I get it to some degree, and the positional eligibility might be why people are buying in, second short and in the outfield. I just think there are better options here. The positional eligibility really is it for him. He's going to cool off, and then you're not going to really have so much to do here. Uh, outside of deeper leagues or AL-only formats, I don't really see the need to, to be rostering Gordon. Seth Brown, also somebody who has been scooped up quite a bit recently. He was on a hot streak. He hit five home runs in his last uh, two weeks. Uh, I'm not really sure. He's another guy who it's like kind of iffy. He's first base and outfield eligible, which is always nice when you can go between the infield and the outfield, but I'm not really sold that he's going to have enough value down the stretch to maintain uh, any kind of standard uh, roster ability, I guess. I don't even think that's a word, but he's not hitting for a very high average for the season. Uh, He's got the home runs, yes, 17 of them, but low RBIs, low runs. Uh, I, I don't know. He's batting 360 over the last two weeks and 314 over the last month, and he's still only at 237 for the season. I'm just not really seeing a path for him to have a lot of value in that lineup going forward. There's just not that many players around him who are going to be able to protect his value with runs and RBIs and the rest of it. So I, I'm, I'm more out than in on Seth Brown unless we're talking about uh, deeper formats here. 
I want to talk about Tyler Glass now here briefly because we did get some news on him. He's progressing quicker than we thought in his Tommy John return. He's going to throw live batting practice on August the 20th. Uh, I'm not sure that he's going to be able to come back this season. That's really pushing it timeline-wise. We've seen some people go and scoop him up. I don't think you can really add him outside of either A, a very deep league, like really, really deep, beyond 15, like 20-team leagues, I'd say, sure. Or if you just have free IL slots that you're not using, and at that point, sure, might as well. I have some leagues where I have IL slots and I'm not using a single slot, and I have leagues where I have, you know, on my bench, three injured players because I just can't fit them all in. So I think it's really a situational luxury stash right now. If you can afford it, if you have the space for it, maybe you're in first place and you can afford to cut bait on one of your fringy whoever, a Marco Gonzalez type or whoever. And then in that case, sure, I don't think it really hurts to add him. I don't think we can have our expectations set too high. Coming off of Tommy John, the Rays are known for not pushing it. We saw what they did with Drew Rasmussen here yesterday or two days ago. They threw him three innings. It was three perfect innings, and then they pulled him. That's kind of what they do. They use openers. They try and limit the the exposure their starters have, especially late in the season. I don't know that coming off of Tommy John surgery, we're going to see really much going on regular season-wise out of Tyler Glass now. Maybe we get one or two starts at the end of the year that are abbreviated. I I wouldn't really be prioritizing him. Like I said, if you have a free IL slot and you want to throw him in there, uh, I'm not going to give you a hard time, but I don't really think it's going to pay off at the end of the day. Let's move into the drops now. We have a very sad one off the top here. He's been dropped in more than 16,000 leagues on Yahoo, and we are talking, of course, about Matt Carpenter. Oh, man, this one hurts. He was so great this season. He was one of the best stories all year, but he unfortunately fractured his foot yesterday. He fouled a ball off of his left foot. Uh, He is probably going to be out the rest of the season. I think that it's safe to say you can drop Matt Carpenter everywhere at this point. It's it's horrible. Like this is something that's you you hate this in sports whenever this kind of thing happens. I've been already thinking about what kind of content I'm going to make in the off season and one of the pieces that I'm going to either write or do here on the podcast is the biggest surprises, the biggest what the hell was that kind of moments of the season. Matt Carpenter has a pretty good chance to be like number 1 or number 2 on that list of what the hell was that? How was he able to do this after being essentially like a nobody these last couple of seasons? Someone that if you asked the average fan last season what Matt Carpenter was doing, you might have told you that he was retired or not really, you know, who knows anymore because it seemed like he was done. Uh, this one this one is very sad. He's been an absolute darling to a lot of my teams. At first I thought it would be like a daily changes guy and now it's he is every kind of fantasy must start you can think of weekly, daily, roto points, whatever you're talking about. Uh, this is a big loss here for fantasy. Not to mention, he's also first, second, and outfield eligible. A very unique combo that's hard to replace. First and second there together is pretty rare, and then you mix in with the outfield. It's terrible. And also, of course, you know, the fact that he's playing for the Yankees and everything else. Uh, it, it sucks for Matt Carpenter, but. The funny thing is, the kind of a funny thing, I guess, is that out of more than 16,000 drops, 78 people added Matt Carpenter. And that was probably just a knee-jerk of, oh, my God, Matt Carpenter got dropped. They clicked add. And then they realized what was going on. So I think that's likely where we're seeing those ads from. It's just a sad story. We'll move on. 
don't want to get too many people upset. Although we're talking about Yankees fans here, but we'll we'll move on regardless. The Chris Sale story is a very bizarre one, and he has been dropped pretty much everywhere. If you haven't dropped Chris Sale yet, you you need to. He's out for the season. He had season-ending surgery after fracturing his right wrist last Saturday in a bicycle accident. Very bizarre. I it's not something you hear really regularly at all. He's already been someone who's been hampered by a bunch of injuries, and I guess he figures he's, you know, riding a bike is not the most high-risk activity here, but he is not know how to stay healthy, Chris Sale. I don't know how anybody can be drafting him next season. It's just he's getting older. He's over the last two seasons pitched 47 innings. He's done well when he's been out there, but it's unacceptable at this point. Like you just you, you can't deal with it. You can't you, you just can't draft him. Uh and you have to be dropping him at this point right now. He already had the broken finger. I thought he was going to come back from that and I thought there was a chance he was going to come back from that. Maybe not that it was guaranteed. But the reports were recently he was playing catch. Uh it was a positive signs, blah blah blah. He might return later this season. I thought there was a decent chance we'd get a one or two starts out of Chris Sale at the end of the year. But at this point, it's like, ugh, he's done. He needs to be dropped. He's still 63% rostered. Probably, I'd imagine that would be down to like 50 tomorrow, and it'll just keep going down and down. And then it'll, he'll only be rostered in, in active leagues after a little while. We'll see how long it takes. But in reality, it should be a zero pretty soon. It won't be, but it should be. Let's talk about Yusei Kikuchi. And uh, yesterday I was saying I wouldn't really recommend it, but at the same time I thought he was going to do well because I was saying I wouldn't recommend it. It was the Orioles. You know, he's been okay recently, not terrible. But, man, he's just he just sucks. Like, Yusei Kikuchi just sucks, man. Uh, he's allowed five runs and five innings to the Orioles. Uh, doesn't really strike out that many batters recently. I mean, that was a big thing for him, that the above-average strikeout rate was going to kind of save his value. Well, you look at his last three starts, four, five, five. He had zero in the one before that in two and a third innings. And then before that, he had eight against Tampa in six innings. But very inconsistent. That's just the ma- the main word here with Yusei Kikuchi. He is so bloody inconsistent, you just can't rely on him. And it's like Jose Barrios times 10. I saw some people comparing them this morning on Twitter. It's like Jose Barrios has actually had some value He's had, I think, 11 quality starts this season. He's, when he's been good, he's been excellent. When he's been bad, he's been shit. But when he's been on, he's been fantastic. You can't really say that about Kikuchi. There was a few good starts. I think it was the month of June where it was really good for him. And thinking, okay, uh, maybe Kikuchi can be kind of like this year's Robbie Ray. That was my stupidest take of the year, for sure. I said that Kikuchi, you know, I think he may win the Cy Young this season. Just the Pete Walker effect, which... Jesus, I, I I wish I could go back and delete that one, but it's there. I'm going to own it because what are you going to do at this point? You can't get everything right. That was one I was horribly wrong on, but right now, anybody adding Kikuchi has got to be suicidal. Like You just got to hate your fantasy teams. I don't think he should be rostered anywhere. Like he's just, he's just garbage. You can find better replacements literally pretty much in any size league unless you're talking about a 30-team league. Uh, I think that he needs to be dropped pretty much in every single place. Keegan Thompson has also been dropped in a lot of leagues today. I kind of understand it. He did really well against Washington. It was more of a streamer. But for the season, he's got a 3-3-6 ERA. Okay strikeout numbers, 86 of them in 99 innings. I, I think that he's an okay back-end guy, even in 12-teamers. Not that he's a must-roster player or anything. I, just, I wouldn't be rushing to drop him. Uh, I know 
you know, he does well against Washington. It's just kind of who who can't do well against the Nationals, I guess, pretty much is what fantasy managers are thinking. You streamed him, you move on. I would be holding a little bit longer here with Thompson. For the most part, for this season, he's been a very serviceable player. So I'm not I'm not really ready to to kick him to the curb just yet. Now, Jesse Winker, I am more prepared to kick him to the curb. He's going to be missing some time with back spasms. Uh, I'm not sure how much time exactly, but they have said uh, he won't play Tuesday. Uh, it's not looking great for him. He already wasn't really that valuable this season. I thought for a while there, maybe a month ago, that he was going to turn it around, that he was a great buy-low candidate. And it was like a week or two there where he did really well, and then there was that whole brawl with the Angels, and he just really hasn't been himself as far as the eye can tell this season. And as far as the numbers can show you, he went from a guy who batted over 300 last year to batting 230 this season. I know the ballpark factors have gotten much worse, but that's really not great as not been a ton of power there, no steals. There's not really much reason to be hanging on to Jesse Winker as far as I can see it. Cutter Crawford, he's also been dropped quite a bit. This is kind of a carryover effect from the weekend. He was added as a stream. I do think that he has some value as a, as a streamer throughout the season. But, yeah, there's no need to be holding him. He's not a must-roster player or anything there. Uh, a few other drops, Leody Tavares, yeah. Uh, we've been saying this for a while that he should be dropped or at least try and sell high on the guy. Uh, at this point, it's probably going to be hard to get anything out of him there. Uh, we mentioned this yesterday, but Ian Anderson, so he got dropped a lot. He's been added and dropped a little bit, more so dropped, but he is going to be starting on Saturday against the Marlins. They have a doubleheader there, so he will come back. I think he's a really iffy streamer for that day. I haven't looked at the full slate for Saturday yet, but I'm guessing there will be one or two better options than Ian Anderson. It's going to be really tough for me there. Uh, Jonathan India, a lot of people have dropped him. He's got a hamstring problem. He could be back as soon as today, but a lot of people have moved on from him. Don't really understand it. Uh, there's not really that many options at second base. India has looked a lot better recently, so I, I wouldn't be dropping him. It's not that many teams. It's less than 1,000 teams, but still, 770 people have thought, yeah, I don't need Jonathan India anymore. Maybe we're talking shallow leagues. I can't really think of a league small enough where you wouldn't want to have Jonathan India, like eight team and above. I think he should be rostered. So I don't really get that. If he was dropped in your league, I would think about adding him. Let's talk about some of the best matchups for today. There is a couple that I'm going to be keeping an eye on, two here in particular. Second day in a row where we will highlight the Giants and the Padres, Alex Cobb and Joe Musgrove. Alex Cobb, I am one of his biggest fans probably, and he has been a lot better recently despite a couple of iffier outings against the Dodgers. I mean, last time out wasn't really iffy. Uh, three earned runs and six and a third. It's just the three walks that kind of sully the whole line. But for the most part, Alex Cobb has really recovered from his rough start to the season. I'm really liking him as an ad as well. This might be a bit of a tough matchup, but throughout the rest of the season, I think that he should be someone who is on a lot of rosters. Joe Musgrove is on the other side, and Joe Musgrove has been great this season. Last time out, not so much, hoping that he can make up for it. It has been a little bit of a bumpy road over the last maybe two or three weeks. Hoping that he can get back on track here. Not the toughest of opponents in San Francisco, so I think that this is a good opportunity for him to get himself back on track. Yankees and the Mariners. We have Jarrett Cole and Luis Castillo. This one should be really interesting. Castillo actually has a much lower ERA than Cole at this point. Cole has a 3.56 ERA, which is ballooned after his last two, three starts, really. Well, specifically the last two, 
Seattle and Kansas City. He's allowed four home runs combined. The stuff is still there. It just hasn't really been there uh, result-wise for Garrett Cole. I'm hoping that he can get back on track here. Luis Castillo has looked really good so far in a Mariners uniform. He pitched last time out against the Yankees and did a very good job. So I'm thinking that he can hopefully replicate something like this. They're pitching in Seattle now as opposed to that very hitter-friendly Yankee Stadium ballpark. So I'm going to be interested here in starting both of these guys. Obviously, you're going to be starting them. Should be a very fun game to be watching. Guys, that will do it for us for today. Hope you guys have rated and reviewed the podcast. That would really make me happy. Also, go ahead and follow over on Twitter at JoeOrico99. We post all of our fantasy stuff over there. And also go check out Ethos Fantasy BB, E-T-H-O-S Fantasy BB. It's where we have our other baseball stuff that goes out, other articles, different things that are in the works. We're currently recruiting for next season as well. And even this season, if you wanted to start to dabble maybe into the offseason with some stuff, all our major sports. Now, specifically, I'm hoping you guys reach out about baseball, but we're hiring for football, for basketball, and, of course, MLB. So send me a DM. You guys, a lot of you, I'm sure, know Dan Bespris, the host of our Fantasy NBA Today show. Send him a DM. Either one of us will get you in touch with the right people, with editors or whoever you guys, whatever it's writing content you want to do, or podcast, YouTube, whatever it is exactly. If you're interested in making fantasy content, we probably have something that you might be interested in. So shoot me a DM. We'll see if we can uh, work something out. Guys, we will see you tomorrow. I hope everybody has a great day. Cheers, everybody.